0: Geek shock.
1: Geek shock. I'm a bastard. I'd love to see Jeff rolling up, you know, his seat back ding, like this.
2: Ding,
3: back. Ding, 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 <laughs> that's how my friend Mike used to drive when I was a teenager. <laughs> he literally had the seat, like, leaned all the way back. And I'm like, how do you see over the wheel? I don't need to.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. That
4: is the cool response. <laughs> that is that is the Fonz. Yeah. If the Fonz didn't drive a micro- uh, microphone. <laughs> yeah. Motorcycle. (laughs) That's it. When I had
0: a when I had a Datsun B two ten, my aunt used to laugh because you should go. He looks like he's driving from the back seat. (laughs) 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 Because. There was no headroom, so I had the seat all the way back, and plus leaned back a little bit. Nobody can hear you, Steve. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, that's because there's no microphone on the steering. I had my arms. Where's my love? Where's my lavalier?
4: Pantomime and radio just don't work. there you go. (laughs) What? Hey,
1: ventriloquism worked. Why not pantomime? That's right. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> folks, to Geek Shock number 551. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Professor Biggs. Back once again. Oh, my two God. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> what the fuck? What, what do we do to
1: deserve this? Yeah. We finally got a, We finally got Andy's slot filled.
4: Yeah, it's
1: official.
0: Well, that's it. Uh, after this, I'm leaving the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the,
4: you're the new placeholder. Got it. Oh, yeah. Got it. Oh, I see. It's true, though. <laughs> so, gentlemen, it's been a it's been a week. It's yes. a, a, at least one of those. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, what, what geeky things did you do in it? Well, Let start. Oh, here, here well it goes. let's start. here we go. Let's start.
3: Last Wednesday was the uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield finale. Ah, I, I, I hear many
4: people are very happy. With how uh, that yes,
3: ended. Um, it's it's it was a very nice finale. But it was also kind of bittersweet because you're like, there's mm-hmm. not gonna be any more. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what the finale is. I know, yeah. no, but I mean it like it was very satisfying in the way they wrote it. And I wouldn't necessarily call it a happy ending all around, but it was still, I guess.
4: I don't need happy. I just yeah. want satisfied. Yeah. yeah. I was I was satisfied. That's but what again. I
1: say to all my dates. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> what dates? Well, shit. Oh, wow. Somebody talking shit. (laughs) But no, um, I thought this whole season's just been really fun. I mean, literally the writers were like, this is it. This is the final season. We don't really have any structure that we need to necessarily continue from the previous seasons so they they just kind of went for it and had fun with it and it was a time travel season too so also speaks right in my it whe- speaks to me yeah right in my wheelhouse yeah i i was very happy with it but again it was like you know several times i had a big smile on my face but tears welling up and i was just like oh man. like most of my dates <laughs> what dates? <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's so. what Jeff says to all <laughs> his Ooh. dates. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, what dates? Yeah, yeah. I'm about.
4: Uh... I'm about to call this episode "What Dates."
3: Yeah, I'm about, uh... Steve, <laughs> the oh, dates yeah, are poisoned. Well, I'm the I'm
0: the, uh, I'm the poster boy for what dates? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. Um, yeah, I'm about halfway through this season. I got got to go and catch up before. That's
3: part of the reason I was hesitant to say
0: yeah, too I'm much about it. Still making
3: my way through six. Because I, from what I
0: understand,
3: they're going to drop the rest of, or they're going to start dropping season seven into the Netflix queue here in the next like couple months, something like that. Mm. It's not far off. I, I remember once the season was over, they were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll finally hit season seven into Netflix." Although I think current season's on Hulu, if
0: I'm not mistaken, I have to check that. Hulu's well, Hulu. It is, yeah. But you know, they, but they only have like five episodes at a time. So oh, is it? So I was, I was no. trying to keep up, and then no. I, I've, I've fallen behind. I like I forgot ah. that they did that shit. A Couple of weeks. Yeah. Well,
1: now you remember.
0: Yeah. Even the CW does that. Yes. Except for except for Batwoman, they have the entire season, first season on the CW streaming service. And the good news is, you get to watch it with ads. Oh yeah. <laughs> yay! And
1: and and very well edited. Put in at just the appropriate moment. Ads. Oh, <laughs> like, like the new
4: YouTube algorithm, which is just oh. dropping ads in the oh middle of everything. God. <laughs>
1: I think that's totally based. I, I'll wager anything. It's based on like audience uh, attention span, and it's like within seconds of when when people drop off of a long video, like a 15 minute video. If they drop off at say three minutes, eight minutes. And eleven minutes. That's probably you know I, how they slot according them. According
4: to the YouTubers that I follow on Twitter, fuck those guys. The uh, <laughs> they have instituted a new algorithm, like in the last yes. few weeks, where you can opt out of it. But no one knew that it was happening, so everyone was opted into it beyond without their knowledge. Where the choice is, throw as many ads as we can into this thing. Wow! And, and, and that's where. And so that that is the basic default. So you have I, to opt out of that who as a can creator. Opt? We oh as a creator. Yeah.
3: Um, this is not an exaggeration. This last week I had a video it was a 17 minute long video that I was watching and I got hit with an ad right at the like the 30 second mark in the video. I got about 2 minutes into the two more minutes into the video commercial. About another five minutes into the video, another commercial, followed by another commercial 30 seconds after that. I was just like, what the ever-loving fuck is going on here? I mean, literally, I I had to back out of the video. I couldn't watch it. I I went back to it later, and thank God it didn't do it the second time. But it was just like, oh my God, how many ads are going to be thrown in here? The one that made me
4: actually laugh out loud and just go, what the fuck? I was watching, of course, the plush time wins, kids, Uh because they're still a joy to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Max, or otherwise, and they they were doing their outro thing like that. Well, that's it for this video. We'll see you next time. Ad, ad plays. Goodbye, everybody, and that was <laughs> it.
1: <laughs>
4: oh my God! Right in the last few seconds, they just put an ad in there. And have you guys
1: been getting political ads? On occasion. It's God, still, it, I you for, know
4: well forever. There's been Prager U ads, so well, I call that political. I get well,
1: mm. no, because I get. I think I fucked myself, because I don't I don't watch anything really super far left, because one, they do mildly annoy me, and two, I basically need what I need to know about the left. So, as we've talked about before, I'll watch right-wing stuff, because some idiot will say, this proves my point, and then I watch it, and I'm like, no, it doesn't prove their point. And as a result, I get a lot of, hi, I'm Laura Trump, and I got a great deal for you, President Trump. And I get that so fucking
4: much. Well, that's that's a self-inflicted gunshot wound, to my friend. God damn it!
0: I don't know what a video I clicked on because I try to avoid all that. I'm just like, no, I'll I'll read a New York Times news story or a Wall Street Journal if I want to go lean right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I. Frank, I opted out for the the pay YouTube because I was also downloading some music uh, for uh, my RPG, mm-hmm. and you can't do that when there's like ads popping up <laughs> every five <laughs> seconds. I was like, uh, all right, I'll just I'll I'll pay the five bucks or six bucks or whatever it is. And but before that, yeah, I was like, I was getting all these Trump ads. I'm like, who thinks I'm a Trump supporter? <laughs> they've already
4: won though. They're trying to win you over. That's, I guess. That's, they've already got their support. If their, their base on... is there. They need you, Steve.
0: They are not gonna get me. <laughs> if it's
3: if you're if it was on YouTube in your like personal profile settings, mm-hmm. if you have a political affiliation designated, they'll tend to show you that political designation. If you are listed as nonpartisan, you'll get both ads but from both sides i I don't don't
1: get a lot of liberal stuff
3: i don't either because i'm i'm listed as nonpartisan, and i will get a few conservative ads and maybe like one
4: i i've marked mine as a marxist leninist so it's (laughs) it it doesn't hit me either so you get all that great advertisements for World War II
1: Time Ghost <laughs> series <true>. between <laughs> two wars. <laughs> which is great, by the way. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, Bolsheviks, Steve and I watched Nightmare at 37,000 feet. <laughs> well, okay. Which is, which is a TV movie from the 70s that's on YouTube.
3: Is sure. it just an update of the. What? Were you done with your. Wiggy. Oh, we bounced back and forth. Do you
1: say it was, okay. oh, okay. oh. okay. was 37,000 feet? 37,000 okay. feet? I shit thee not? Because tw- that's way nope. above 20,000. It's so. way above. And, okay. and they were and way it's above it's even 20. above
0: 30,000.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Is it an update of the classic? No. No. Okay, it's no. no. completely different. No, but, no that's
1: 20,000,
4: Jeff. We got to go higher than that. But
1: William Shatner's in it.
3: Really?
4: Yeah. Ooh, the connection. Nice. I
1: watched this with my family way back when it came out on TV in the 70s. And it was like I had the faintest... Faintest memory of it because there's a dog in the cargo hold of the plane that doesn't fare well. And so, Scarred you for I, life. Man. I always remembered that, and I hated the fact that our dogs had to travel in the cargo hold. <laughs> yeah,
4: really. imagine after that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's it's a it's a, it it had like an all star little cast: Chuck Connors, Buddy Ebsen, Tammy Grimes for those days. You know, it. Actually, Darlene Carr.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Paul Winfield. Were, yeah. the, were the Muppets down in the cargo hold too?
0: Or <laughs> no? <Nope. laughs> it was
1: a it was a druidic artifact. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, Russell Johnson,
0: oh. the professor. Yeah. He, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. he got lost again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy's and always getting
3: lost. There was in fact, a, it's probably
0: his fault. <laughs> what
3: it what was a druidic. Was ar- it
0: the professor or was it <laughs> Anne the rest? Uh, I believe he had uh, graduated to the professor. Oh, and, okay. and
4: the rest got married. She's now Anne Melilla Cuddy. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's right.
0: Oh boy, but yeah, I was after it. I was like, "Wow, that was the most overwritten." Oh, yeah, it's like people spewed words like paragraphs or had conversations where they speak. And I was like, "What does this have to do with?" These people just talked for five minutes and said nothing. Maybe it was, was because of
4: the druidic artifact, right, Kay? I- <laughs> mm, no, no. no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it, it's a side effect. It's a druidic side effect.
0: There you go. I mean, well, the stuff they talked about had nothing, didn't really enhance any of the characters. Well, had it, nothing it, to do with the plot. It's so funny because
1: there's so much talking now. I'm sorry. They get so to the point now in characterization, ah. right? Because uh, Shatner is a priest who lost his faith, and so he's no longer a priest. And instead of having a two or three sentence exchange with his flight companion about that, we actually return to that a couple times as Shatner makes oblique references and she makes oblique, because they're like (laughs) stirring your interest. What is it about this character? What are they talking? And it takes two or three interactions to actually get to, oh, he's no longer a priest, but he used to be. And nowadays, with today's filmmaking, he said,
4: I I used to be a priest, but I don't believe anymore. What's your story? Yeah, he'll take <laughs> literally. He would take
1: he would take out his flask and pour a drink and start sipping from it. And she's like, you know, ever since you left the priesthood, you've been drinking an awful lot. And it took about twelve minutes of dialogue to get to that. Yeah. In this movie, yeah, and and you had also a husband and wife having problems. Roy uh, Thinnes. yeah, you had um, interactions between the. Um, the two uh, stewardesses and then you had your flight crew and it was really funny because you're just sitting there watching that and it's like i'm amazed at how writing has changed because every single sentence i would hear my brain would go into what does that mean mode (laughs) and it didn't tell me something directly so i was sort of like Are they hinting at something? What's going on?
3: Was it the horror at 37,000? Horror at 37,000. The horror? Because I couldn't find it on the... Yeah. It brought me up the... Was it the horror? Yeah, that's
1: right.
0: right, Because we... we,
1: Was I searching... night? I thought I was searching horror and it was Nightmare. No, you... The You're horror 37,000
3: feet TV movie 1973. All there right, so, so that's what it was. It. My God,
1: I was seven years old when I saw that. Anime. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I can barely
3: remember. 1973? So, okay, so. 14, so 74.
4: Overwrought dialogue. Yeah, kind of a druidic artifact. What's the horror?
0: It uh, Green pea soup <laughs> would bubble out of people's discarded clothes. That's about it. Well, that's just. Well, you're <laughs>
1: forgetting the the frozen. Oh yes. Isn't that just Spirit Airlines? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. No, the the artifact the man Our and a, man and a woman, rich couple. The guy basically, uh, almost essentially, charters a 747 flight for the cargo, because he's married to a British woman, whose family is selling off her estate in pieces, and he wants to move the abbey of her 14th century family estate to his estate on long island and that abbey the altar includes apparently a druidic it's it's one of those christianized things so it was actually a druidic altar before it was made into a christian one and
4: the altar is in the cargo hold. That sounds like really heavy luggage. You'd have to pay big time extra for that. Yeah. Well, well, they, well they That's
0: one of the comments that was actually, yeah. wow, what a, Well, what's the weight load on this? Oh, well, no wonder it's half empty. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's
4: like they
1: have like 10 passengers. And he's like, why do I only have 10 you know, Chuck Connors, why do I only have 10 passengers? And, oh, well, look at your cargo manifest. What? <laughs> if, if,
4: if you're sending an abbey, isn't this all just better served by boat? Shouldn't this be horror at... Sea level? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no.
1: Apparently not. This okay, is back so, when seven forty sevens were new. I was yeah. gonna
3: say the so the yeah, I was gonna say the poster had a seven forty seven. So there's a seven forty seven flying with this artifact with ten people on board. With, yes. Exactly. Wow. With
4: a whole friggin' Arc on it apparently. Yeah. Uh. About
3: it. Talk about having run of
1: the ship. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that, it was funny because the stewardesses even had that conversation. It's like, okay, it's just the two of two of us. Uh, what we're supposed to be like nine, and well, there's only ten passengers. So, ten man, passengers. Man, man, man. Ten pound
2: Okay. They're supposed I'm, to be 180. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know. So it was sort of like that. Wow. And, and, and um, Buddy Ebson, I love Buddy Ebson was playing rich prick. It was kind of <laughs> kind of interesting to see old old grandfatherly Buddy Ebsen playing rich prick, Oldie but goodie. Absolutely. and he's he's just like son. So you basically paid for this flight for the cargo, eh? And the the architect guys, you know, sucking on his olive from his martini, because that's what rich people do. And uh, he's he's like, ah, uh, yeah. And how much you pay for it? I don't know. My people set it up for me, and Buddy Ebsen's all like. Well, I own a business, and I give my exposition backstory of how rich I am, and I could tell <laughs> you I would know how much it costs down to the cent.
2: <laughs>
1: and later on, he tries to kill somebody. So, Oh, well, as yeah. one will. Because the, uh, there's this one woman who's protesting moving the abbey. She actually gets on the flight. Oh. She's actually harassing the rich guy. It's her dog, too. The- and it's her dog in the hold. And she tells the rich guy, you know, as trouble starts to happen, the spirits of the druids want revenge. So they want his wife to be sacrificed to them before, because the plane. Druids are dicks. Yeah. So, and the plane goes nowhere. The plane gets out just beyond Cornwall because they're flying out of London. And they're like, not moving. And they're like, Okay, we've been at Abbey refuses to be moved. Right, they're like we're we we've been at twenty five nautical miles out for five minutes now. What's going? Well, that's impossible. That would mean we're going into like a six hundred thirty mile an hour headwind. That's impossible. All right, let's try turning around. They try turning around. They
0: still don't move.
1: We should be just going crazy fast with a six hundred
2: thirty mile tailwind. (laughs) You know, yeah,
0: and then and then. In one of the great plot flaws of the whole thing, they also do try going up to get out of it and going down to get out of what what they think is some kind of jet stream whirlpool, and they can't. They're, they're stuck at 37,000 feet. Until the end of the movie, where, spoiler alert, yeah. where, where they go, well, maybe if we rise... So these things only come out at night? Maybe if we rise up high enough, we'll meet the sunrise. And so they're able to do it then... Go up yeah. above the. Doesn't thing. stop William Shatner
1: from dying though, but yeah. well, has it ever in been? a really
0: in bad room. blue screen process shot? Oh my <laughs> god, It was
1: so <laughs> fucking hilarious. You would have loved it. Todd. Are you sure
3: it was blue screen and not rear projection? Oh, it was blue screen. Was blue screen. Was, wow, you you totally had your uh, uh, the you, outline. Matt, yes, yeah. yeah, so
1: yeah. I, mean, I was going to call it mat line, but you, you yeah. totally had and it's kind of looked like a still shot yeah. he, he wasn't moving yeah, he was just, just like, in a dynamic ah and know, then he that, just got smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> again <they> probably was <laughs>
3: they probably just did, did a still cap and then Reduce processed it, it down yeah. yeah it was
1: hilarious oh my God. it was hilarious and the plane you want to talk about bare bones it was a it was a model it was uh, you're probably your standard studio model But they didn't do stars, they didn't do cloud. they didn't do shit. You had this plane against (laughs) black, and that was it. okay. (laughs) TV budget. And every
0: now and then it would, would, because turbulence.
4: Yeah. 70s TV budget. Oh
1: my God, dude, it was, it was, it was something. It was something.
0: Wow. And uh, the rich guy's wife, they wanted to sacrifice Jane Merrow, who, for those of you who saw the 1968 version of... Lion and Winter played Alice. Yes, thank you.
1: That's true. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Didn't see it.
2: <laughs> yeah. <What>? God damn <laughs> How
1: you!
0: How
3: dare God. you, Todd? Tell him about it.
4: Lion and Winter, man, It's one of the great plays of all time.
3: I didn't see the 1968 version. Why not? Did you see the one with because Patrick Stewart reasons. and Glenn Close? Yeah. Uh, least, yes. Okay. I, I, I did see that one. Yes. Okay. So right. at least you know that. Yeah. The, I, okay. I, I, I know the story.
4: Well, I would know from what you just <laughs> said. Yeah.
3: Mr. Proud, you didn't see it. Well, I,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't I, know. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I definitely recommend the version in which Catherine Hepburn had to share her Oscar for Best Actress with uh, uh, Barbara Streisand. That Oscar. must have stung. Oh. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn, uh, Peter O'Toole, a very young Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins uh, uh, Timothy Dalton.
1: Dalton. Yeah. Uh,
0: the guy Castle. who played uh, Arthur in Excalibur, John Terry.
1: John, John. Nobody, nobody cares about John. No one to piss on me if I was even on fire.
0: Let's set a fire and find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: that was fun. Remember when we watched that at Feds that one time? We talked about getting the Star Trek crew together to do it. Oh
4: yeah,
0: that's become a signature role. I've done that play three times now.
4: Yeah.
1: Anyway, so yeah, we watched that. That was fun.
4: Yeah. Cool. Did a lot of minecrafting this week. Did minecraft, I, minecraft, I was, minecraft. It, This week was a joy. Yeah, uh, awesome I we just I did, a, I did a, a build video, where first real build video that I've done. Oh, okay, good. Because I, I did the park in, I saw it. in version one of Hobbiton. <laughs> that's
2: hilarious. But I
4: just, you know, I went to the place, and then all of a sudden, I, I, off camera, I built it, and then there was a park. This time, I wanted to create a, a beautiful set of rooms, one that made it look like you were looking out the window into an outdoor area, but yet you were underground, uh, the only thing is I put it in Barry's base. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. He found it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he found it fast. I, I, was, I was hoping we wouldn't find it so fast. What? Well, I thought you guys were fucking with llama. each other's
1: places. What? How? What?
3: Through the magic of editing, we won't know how fast he actually found it. True. Because... In his video, he says he looked around his base for a while. Oh, sure. Before he stumbled upon it. But he where found it thought, like
4: the next day. So <laughs> that's what I mean by fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, didn't mean that he didn't put in 16 hours of work, <laughs> 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 which
3: he did. Although you might want to watch your back. You pissed off Deb this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. Now you're doing it. It's like nobody Deb's
4: cares pissed? if you
0: piss off Deb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he renamed her cat.
4: She has a cat in in their base. All I know is in their 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 base is a bunch of cats. I don't know one of them is personally named after a a loved pet that apparently she lost. <laughs> so so I re- it, the cat's name was Wicket. so I'm like, well, ah, this us just rename it Punky fart bottom or whatever. <laughs> I name how did you? Na- how do you rename it? Oh, you can create name tags in the game, and then you just put the name tag <laughs> on, on yeah. whatever. She was not pleased. She was yeah. not pleased. No, no I, not only was she not pleased, but before any of you really saw the video, she texted you, texted me directly on. Yeah. Said, oh, you know what? I'm I'm going to look up that text. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm <laughs> well, let's going to have a dramatic it. reading. Yeah, this, this is uh, this is I I, I I started to sweat.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. You're a
4: dead man. Yeah, that this it's really you renamed in all caps my cat. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Lots of them. An actual cat I had growing up, Todd. I was on Team Torgo, but after this, frowny face. So, yeah, doghouse am
0: I. Yes,
1: yes, Yeah, you know, getting, to to get, it's quite an achievement to get Barry to, sw- um, Barry, to get Deb to switch over to Barry's team. You're, you're telling
0: mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. No, I no. got, I
4: got to watch. I yeah,
0: play. oh yeah, when you go online tonight, your, your, uh, your base will actually look like a doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take that idea and run with it. I, I know. Oh, oops.
4: Uh, but I also saw the first episode of Lovecraft Country last uh-huh. night. Yes, we uh, saw it too. Uh, we just finished it. What? Oh, I, I mean, I love the book that it's based on. You can see that they're going to the same places that the book are, but the way they're getting there is amazing. I, I'm already in love with this show.
0: Okay, good. Because, yeah, I liked it. I, thought it yeah, was it, good. It, I enjoyed
4: it. Yeah, it, it takes the horrors of Lovecraft and adds them to the horrors of Jim Crow era America for black people. And it's harrowing. There's monsters and then there's monsters. It's...
0: Yeah. It's...
4: And the the cast, fantastic. Yep. So, I mean, I doubt it'll shit the bed from here, but based on that first episode alone, and I will say, uh, when the horror comes into that story, it comes... Fast and hard and well directed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, when it decides it's going going horror, it it goes full of goddamned horror. Wow. Yeah. Blessings, blessings upon that show. What else you do this week, guys?
3: I got to watch the new movie on Netflix called Project Power. Ah, Project uh, Power. Yes. Mm. It's a really good movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like really good. It stars Jamie Foxx and um uh uh oh, crap. I just totally forgot his name.
4: Uh, Jim Varney.
3: No. Um, I'll think of it in a second. Placido Domingo. <laughs> uh, at any rate, um, the, movie is, the, the premise of the movie is there is a new drug that's being pushed in New Orleans, and it gives you temporary superpowers. But everybody's superpower is a little bit different, and there's also something like a 20% chance that it will actually kill you. Like it'll make you explode. Jamie Foxx plays a character who is trying to find the source of this drug that's being distributed throughout New Orleans. The effect work, effects work, is really good, especially for a Netflix movie. Um, it doesn't look like a cheap, uh, cheaper Netflix movie. Like some of them are like Netflix originals that are B movie style effects. Okay, this literally has like an A level movie premise and execution. So.
0: Joseph Gordon Levitt.
3: Yeah, thank you, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh, play- he did the effects. Yeah, no, Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt plays. branch uh, out, Man. Plays a cop in New Orleans that's also trying to. And Courtney B Vance hunt down this drug, <laughs> but he is also Man's a working. user of this drug, <gasps> and he uses it to to fight criminals.
1: So, like every five times, he's going to explode.
3: No, not everybody explodes. I mean, oh. if you if you have a power. That's the power that you have, and oh. you can only use Every time the drug. Like, it? yeah, you can only use the drug. It's it only lasts for about five minutes. So.
2: Oh, what? But, Boy, uh,
1: the guy who could fly. I hope he knew about that five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be some sad shit right there. I, I don't <laughs> want to say too much more visible. because maybe is. that's where the whole you explode comes from. Ah, yeah. They were like, oh wow, he's flying. <laughs>
3: The oh, premise. you explode afterward! <laughs> Watch out. The the premise, the explanation for how the drug works is in the movie, and I don't want to give that away because it actually does have. Uh, I've
1: read Extremis. I know how it goes. Okay.
3: <laughs> but at any rate, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. This is a movie that you could have actually seen in the theaters if they were open. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's I, cool. I recommend it. I, I if you have Netflix, definitely check it out. Project um, Power. Well, Steve, I think it was number two. There we go. Um, Yesterday, well, Steve the, and I will make it number ten. one tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna right. make it number two not, after this is over. If it's, <laughs> not,
0: <laughs> if it's not there already. When I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, it kind of looks like, you know, Poor Man's Wild Cards. Yeah, the the trailer. <laughs> I gotta admit, I I saw the poor same man's trailer too. I would
4: watch Poor Man's Wild Cards.
0: Th- <laughs> I like the concept. Okay, yeah, it,
3: it, it is now. Man. Yeah. it is now number one on their top ten. Uh, yeah,
1: you know, some guy has superpowers. He gets
4: all his teeth back. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. You know, but it's only <laughs> but, five minutes. But he keeps getting teeth? Like they just keep falling yeah. in, coming out, and falling out oh, and just, yeah. a, just a waterfall of teeth.
0: Like, that, like that picture
1: of the of the mouth with the teeth all across the hard yeah. palate. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but you're just vomiting teeth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Again, wild cards. <laughs> uh.
2: <laughs>
3: but but you are right, Steve. The, the trailer does not do it justice. I fortunately saw the trailer after I watched the movie. I, I haven't seen I, it. I, I just watched the movie, and then when it went back to the main screen, it it was it started running the trailer, so I let just let the trailer run. Well, and I was see,
1: like, I, I opted out of that.
4: See? Well. Control your online presence. Yeah. That's People.
1: right, folks. No wonder you get ads every two minutes, Jeff. Yeah. That's on
3: YouTube. This <laughs> is Netflix. the fuck
1: out. Well, obviously, I'm seeing a common denominator here, and it's not
4: YouTube. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Except your admonishment.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the other one I checked out on Netflix uh, started off strong and then I, I felt kind of ended weakly. All right. Uh, teenage Bounty Hunters.
2: <laughs> what? Oh, it's, I it's, saw that what? title.
3: What <laughs>
4: that, okay. the fuck, the fuck that, is that? That wasn't the pinnacle of entertainment, Teenage Bounty Hunters?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy.
4: I, I
2: hope, or,
4: or I should say, it was
3: supposed to be a comedy, like Lion in Winter. D A W G Z dogs, teenage bounty hunters, <laughs> and essentially, it's it's about these two teenage girls that uh, that get an apprenticeship with this guy who is an actual bounty hunter, like in and real life. And, uh, no, oh. this is not. this it's a fictional
4: story. Oh, okay. Not a real a reality show. Okay. Oh, I, I would have watched I, that reality. Yeah, I'm crossing it show. off my and list it
3: now. It it started <laughs> off really funny and creative, like the first few episodes, and then it ended that it's only 10 episodes long. The last few episodes just went I way thought it was going to be
4: a movie. It's the, it's a series? Yeah, it's a
3: Netflix <laughs> original series. The the last few episodes went way too teenage angsty for me. I just like it oh. was it was too much teenage drama, like high school stuff, like literally high school stuff, like Well, like,
4: now I'm interested.
3: There you go. Oh yeah, I was gonna don't say. Don't tell them
4: if they start singing. Duh. Uh,
3: it's it's Degrassi Hunter, Bounty Hunters. There you okay. go. Okay. All right. I'm in Degrassi you know, Bounty so. Hunters. Wow. That's, that's a long
4: line. That's all I needed. Yeah, really. But yeah,
3: it's it, like I said. It, it, f- to me personally, it started off strong. It had really good characters. And then it got better. really funny, and then it got way too dramatic. <laughs> so Steve anyway. and I. Steve and
1: I. Binged. Cole Shack the Night Stalker. Uh, yes. Did you do
4: that last time?
1: We talked about doing it last time. You started time. Yeah. yeah, we started. You did, you, started. We One episode the, down. We did
4: the T V movie. Now you've done it all. We've done We've it. Done it all. The all. whole oeuvre The whole oeuvre Does it degenerate into a teenage angst story? No, no that no. I'm not interested. why well, well, yeah. bring I, I
0: don't know what to tell you. It 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 uh it's got a lot of uh, middle-aged uh, angst and yelling. <laughs> there, you, there you go. <laughs> of, if I wanted that I'd of, look in the mirror
4: Steve. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: It's funny too cuz uh t- boy, that last episode, they really I don't know. It, Steve was talking budget, but I got a deep sense of just not caring. <laughs> With regards to the monster costume. <laughs> really? Oh
0: oh it was oh it was sad. It was it, supposed it, to be like an alligator god. An alligator all like, man. Oh, that's right. A prehistoric prehistoric alligator man. And it looked like something that you would get at like Party City. Yeah. It, it was just... Cold
4: the cost cutter.
1: Yeah. It, it. I mean, literally, it looked like Party City, you know... Or, a, or how, the Halloween stuff. outlet. Yeah. yeah. Halloween outlet puffin' stuff. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Sexy HR puffin' stuff or something <laughs> like that. <right? laughs> I mean, it, it was... And I mean you they say have... sexy HR puffin' stuff? Yeah, you know those sexy costumes, the sexy oh, version yeah. of everything? Yeah. Well, you know, and then you do... Which it. is
4: just HR puffin' stuff, let's just face it. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's yeah. true. But this, this alligator man and really
0: looked just like. And they and they didn't even. I mean, whoever the director and the cinematographer were, they didn't. They didn't look at it and go, "Well, well we we can't shoot that under full light." Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. yeah. <laughs> that was weird
1: because you know the other one, the 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 Wolfman one, and the uh, the Swamp, which is uh, The, the was also a budget. Yeah, of- <laughs> the, the Wolfman was was. I got when I was a kid. I got a movie monsters kids book, and it talked about great movie monsters. It also talked about how to make your own little makeup, right? Like how to put spirit gum on, and then you like cut the fuzz off of yarn, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you pat that on. And obviously, they used that book for this monster, <laughs> because be- and because that that Wolfman was definitely. Tufts of hair glued onto face, (laughs) and not Jack Pierce style. They they moved fast. Wow.
0: It's like they got a brush of Elmer's glue. (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe they just
1: pushed the poor guy's face in the pile of
0: yarn yeah, and just rolled
3: him around a bit, yeah. and we're like, okay, he's Make good.
0: Nose black, <laughs> <his> <laughs> nose black. <laughs> is black.
3: <laughs> is it possible that it was a recycled costume from, like, an old movie that they <laughs> just threw no, in No,
1: this just was just shit like glued, glued to a guy's face. Here's
4: some super glue Yuck and an man. unbrushed dog. Now, oh. the,
1: the alligator man, they might have maybe pulled something out of the Sesame that's Street what, that's dumpster. What I yeah, because <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. you know? I... I I remember watching some movie uh, or some TV show in the '80s, and they recycled a creature costume from like a 1940s, 1950s movie, and it just didn't hold up in the. No. Well, that's
1: like or like in like Ultraman, yeah, where
3: they use
1: the the old monster costumes from the the Toho pictures and yep. didn't rehab them. They just. No. But anyway. Um, it was really it was really interesting because I really enjoyed Darren McGavin <laughs> as Colshack. Right. They were actually I found them to be very fun episodes. I really enjoyed most of them a lot. There was a lot of nostalgia in there too. One of the things I really liked about the series was Colshack's kind of moral center because they try in the first two TV movies to set him up as a sleazy do-anything-for-a-story reporter. Right. But he very quickly becomes this guy who's like, there's this thing going on, and if the authorities aren't going to take care of it, we have to. People are dying out there. And he's like, honestly, like, people are dying. We've got to do something. And it was just, it was actually really, really cool, because that... Was That was just sort of his, his moral center and all that, yeah. which I really enjoyed actually seeing. I mean, they had a few conspiracy takes throughout, right from the very first one where they're covering up the vampire story. The authorities are covering it up. But there's one episode called Mr. Ring, which is about this killer android robot which has government covering up all over the place and you're watching that and you're like okay this is like a preliminary not even quite first draft of an X-Files episode and you <laughs> yeah. could see where the X-Files uh, inspiration really came from because right. that that episode was just pretty much encapsulated X-Files yeah it was kind of fun
0: yeah and then I also I also appreciated that um, whoever the directors and producers were working again I guess with Darren McGavin because uh, I guess he had a lot to say about how the character was going to be. Is they left in a lot of happy accidents, like he would drop stuff or fumble stuff, and they would just keep going. Yeah, and, and he it played it. Character. He played it off really well yeah. too. And, nice. and what was,
4: a real actor!
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. You know what, dude? They, they towards the end they started getting a little too comedy, haha. Mm. But they had this one. Their, one of their tropes was he would, he would go through Chicago area police captains like, you know. <laughs> you know and um, one of the captains that he was up against was this intellectual dude who was very verbose and had a huge <laughs> vocabulary. And he would actually walk circles around Cole shack in terms of interviews and stuff. And McGavin playing off him. Being confused and wondering what the hell is going on here in this interview <laughs> was hysterical. Yeah. It was great. McGavin was just wonderful when he was doing that stuff. Yeah. John Daner was that. Yeah. And and also, 70s level violence was something else. Because there was like the, the, the Dracula one. There was the werewolf on the ship one, which was almost the goddamn entire episode. They, they get into it pretty quick. And there's a werewolf tearing through passengers and crew yeah. a couple of times. And the Jack the Rippard one, yeah, this guy is, they have like these extended things where this guy is flinging a dozen cops <laughs> every which way, jumping over cars and stuff. That was actually a lot of fun to watch. It was it 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 definitely had its moments i really enjoyed watching it so i'm sorry i remember reading about how mcgavin got dissatisfied and unhappy and i'm sorry to hear that because it was a lot of fun yeah
0: he got he got tired of the monster of the week format but
1: and he was also putting too much work into it yeah because apparently he was doing a lot of script rewriting and arguing oh. about the character and yeah, stuff. I can
3: see that being an issue. Yeah, yeah. So. he's He's kind of an underrated actor, I think. He, oh, tremendously.
1: You watch this, and you definitely see that.
0: Yeah. I had a teacher in college that was talking about how he had seen this actor, like, you know, in a stage show in the 50s, and... Or maybe early '60s, and he was just like, "Who is this guy? I want to I want to see everything this guy ever does for the rest of his career." And it was Darren McGavin, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I just remember you know as a kid growing up in the '70s, uh, McGavin got the uh, got the reputation of being king of king of the TV movie pilots because <laughs> he would always do the pilot and then opt out of the opt out of the actual series itself. He was the original Oscar Goldman esque character in the $6 million right, man, right. Mr. Spencer, um, and then just decided, nah, I, that was fun.
3: Now, was Hang, <laughs> was Hangar 18 a TV movie, or was it just a straight B movie? That, that was a Megadeth d- song. Because <laughs> <laughs> Darren McGavin is in that, yeah. and I remember as a kid just really like it. We had it on a VHS tape, and I, yeah. I would watch the hell out of that. Thing, no, but. it hit the theaters. Did it hit the theaters? It was an also-ran, but okay. yeah,
0: it actually did hit the theaters.
3: I thought it was a fun little movie, interesting premise. But uh, yeah. he's he's really good in that one too. He's and, good in and, er, everything. And it, you got him and Gary Collins and like, <laughs> like all these other like prime movie slash TV actors from the the seventies and eighties. So it's it's kind of a packed movie. But yeah. Anyway, Steve
1: also made me, forced me, twisted my arm, set me up in the chair with the little hooks in the eyelids to like keep where my eyes open. Oh, he hell razored <laughs> you. Yeah, he hell razored me.
3: You Have such sites to show you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Harley Quinn.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, yeah. the animated. Oh yeah, yeah. So good. the whole thing. Wow, we today. did the whole thing. I still have a couple episodes left of the first season. <laughs> oh, oh wow,
1: we've we've done both seasons. Yeah, clear through. It's great it's at a, the end. Phenomenal. Um, <laughs> there's
0: yeah. credits and
4: music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, but it was boy oh boy was that good. It was well scripted, nicely paced. Yeah. I can't
4: think of anything like it.
3: Yeah, I mean, like the first couple f bombs they drop in there, you're like, okay, I see where this is going. Well, and it's you just, it's like, it's it's so outrageous. What do you mean it, you but, can't? But perfectly
1: into the character, of anything like a Duncan took one look at it and said it was very Venture Brothers. Well, oh, I've never um, seen Bro- Venture Brothers. Oh, oh,
2: how dare you! Jesus, yeah, Venture
3: <laughs> this Brothers also guy. didn't really have well, you bleep, bleeped language. Right, right, just, just. Which is yeah. ironic because now on Adult Swim they drop, <laughs> if, depending on what time of night, if you're watching Rick and Morty, you get the uncensored version. Well, that's yeah. like the uh, what was it the
1: was it the Rusty Venture? What's a Rusty Venture episode where they also pixelated genitalia, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. then they had a they had an unpixelated episode. Did they really? Yeah. Wow. So that, that,
0: I uh, did not know that. Respect, respect. Yeah. the the the. Ultra violence and Harley Quinn is also like bone sticking out of things and yes. right. Jonathan it's insane, yeah. Flying out, it's just hilarious. But it's it's it's. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the, great. The character. Character of King Shark, you know, he's just so fun, and all of a sudden he's biting people's heads off. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's and like, non okay, I got this. No, <laughs> non nonchalantly
3: too, like, yeah. he's like, "Excuse me," <laughs> and he just sits down at the computer. And
0: like,
1: the, <laughs> the, the, the 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 direction they took Clayface in, oh yes, God. with that oh, whole yes. actorness.
0: <laughs> oh well, Clayface and Burn. Oh,
1: oh my it's God, a Bane.
0: tiny chair! You didn't have enough for a big chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Bane just constantly. Uh, again. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, it's very, very good. I have to say, I was really impressed and enjoyed it. So,
4: we got a little email here, gentlemen. What? Listener mail. Dear Placeholder Shock. <laughs> good day, Ooh. fuckers from Aussie Mats. <laughs> ah. I might. Good eye. I've often thought that one thing the show really needs is more stories about Star Trek, the experience. <laughs> but I guess you placeholders would think that's a terrible idea. Let me share you, with you the tale of the last time I visited your homeland. It was January 1998. A time when my hair was long and luscious and my body slim and fit. And my tastes in music had pretty much been set in stone. 80s metal, nothing. I was flying between the UK and Australia and I decided to stop over in Vegas would be a good way to break up the journey. What an amazing town. I stayed in a giant black pyramid which sat next to a fairy tale castle just down the road from a Roman palace. Even more amazing was a new thing that was opening up to the public while I was there. I hopped on the monorail, took a short ride to the Hilton, where I felt like I had surely died and gone to heaven. There were Borg wandering around, and and Klingons, and, and Starfleet uniforms galore. I queued up and admired various props and photos while shuffling along. Finally, a large group of us were ushered into a room. We were told we were going to be shown a video about the ride we were about to take, and then the room turned dark. And there were twinkly lights, a whoosh of air, and the lights came on. And we were on the transporter deck of the Starship Enterprise. Holy what-the-fucking-shit-fuck. The room had even changed shape. You know the rest of the story. Escorted to the bridge, Riker on the viewscreen, some waffle about Klingons and time travel, then a ride in a shuttle simulator, and we were all done. But that moment of being unexpectedly beamed up to the fucking Enterprise has lived with me ever since truly one of the greatest moments of my life i i don't recall seeing cork's bar at the end of it but maybe it wasn't open on day one or maybe i was just totally fucking mind blown about what happened that i wandered out of there in a daze or or maybe it was being distracted by jerry o'connell who was whooping and hollering about how awesome it was it turns out he was in our group i haven't even noticed (laughs) i honestly love hearing you guys talk about the experience and i'm heartbroken that i never got the opportunity to go back and see it again Keep up on holding those places, guys, Aussie Matt.
3: It's it's interesting, um, not just the number of people that miss it or only got to go once, but people that are still discovering that it was a thing. Yeah. And, and that like, oh my God, that was a thing and I never got to go to it? hmm You know, I mean, you know, you get the traditional, oh, I never got a chance to go, which, you know... I feel sad for those people because you know they made really choices. Was, Jeff, well, they made you know, choices. <laughs> it really was an amazing place. Yeah, from and top the, to bottom,
1: it's so funny too that the transporter really turned into the money shot. Yeah, you know it's supposed to be leading up to the yeah. sim ride, which was okay. The sim ride was pretty much on a par with sim rides as they were doing them at that point. Um, but the transporter just blew people the fuck away. I,
3: I think I've told this story on here before, but uh when I went to the, the fan warp and ride preview and uh I you know, I'd read the Star Trek fan magazine article about it and then it's like you know it's like, Oh, there's a full one to one recreation of the bridge and all this stuff and I was like, This is really exciting and then when they take you into that room, I remember this really overwhelming feeling of disappointment when I walked in there. I was like, oh, where's where's the bridge? We're gonna just get on the, the, the motion ride. Nice. And then when the room flew, which it took me forever to figure out what it was. Um but when the room flew and and the the lights came up I remember just having the biggest shit-eating ear-to-ear grin, <laughs> and I did not stop smiling the whole way down to the simulator and then walking down the hallway and then taking the elevator down and then went, in, went into
0: quirks. And th- that's before I moved out to Vegas, too. So yeah. It
4: is one of the best magic tricks I've ever yeah. seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. It actually fooled David Copperfield. Did it really? Yeah. he They walked him through, and the first time he was like, okay, we didn't move the walls <laughs> and And... Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't figure it out until they until they walked him up into the rafters. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, of course!" <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's, what's
3: fascinating is that ceiling that slides in at the end slides in so fast. Oh, like yeah. even if you're staring up. When the lights start to come up, you can barely see it move like an right. inch or so. Sure. Right. So. But they
4: also hit you with that flash of bright light yeah. to yes. just
0: completely blind you for those few seconds. Yeah. So I have two stories about that. See, um, here
4: you go, Aussie Matt. Your, your wish is our
0: command. Yeah, that's right, Aussie Matt. So I have two stories about it. Uh, one day during orientation, we were and during training, we were. <laughs> Kay is hurting right now. He's... <laughs> Well, See, I, it's not me, Mandy. I I'm, well, I
3: promise not to do it again, and I haven't.
0: <laughs> well, well, I, I watch a lot of Miss Fisher Miss Fisher Mysteries on uh, oh, on Acorn. Okay. I think I got it, got it down. And Aussie Man, you know. All
4: right, I've seen stop, Crocodile Dundee now. once or twice. I've got this.
0: And by the way, the only person who's allowed to give me a rashing over my Australian accent, Aussie Matt and Mandy Abella. The rest <laughs> of you can piss off. <laughs> 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 All right. Um yeah, so so we were in training and it was just it was just paper at this point. We weren't even really doing anything. We're just kind of walking through some some procedures down in the restaurant or something like that. I can't remember. It was like it was like god I want to say the, the second or third day we were there. We weren't even up in the experience yet. And um and but they were running it, right? You know, person and these guys they were up there you know running it constantly 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 i have videos of it they're, they're actually available on youtube <coughs> of them testing the fly nice of the room and uh but they they came down and uh, mark and i uh, mark whites and i were were down i think we were just i don't know we were we were hanging around late for some reason and they were like hey you guys want to come up want to come upstairs and test the test the thing and i was like we were like yeah and and so you know, none of us who were there, who had just gotten hired, like you know, two days before, had been on it yet. So they grabbed me and Mark and a couple of the people who were kind of who were kind of hanging around at the last minute, and we went up. and They had kind of walked us through how how the whole thing was going to work, you know, moment to moment to moment to moment. What? I don't know, mic Technique. What can I do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I am over here twisting this knob like 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 a prom date and
2: <laughs> Steve just keeps going in and out
3: and in Tokyo in
0: and oh brother <laughs> so anyway so so I had remembered the sequence of you know that we go through the museum and then we load into the room. and so they so they did they they walked us into the into, they said yeah you want to see the museum you want to see the 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 shuttle and we're like yeah and but I'd remembered that there was going to be a, a thing with a transporter room and everything. And so they walk us in that room and and this is early on they had there was a noise problem with the with the acrylic floor. And when you walked on it, it it had this crackle to it. So we walked on this floor and it crackled and I looked down and I was like, "Oh. Oh, that's right. Oh, this is it." <laughs> and Mark was like, Mark was like, "What?" I go, "Just wait for it." <laughs> and that thing happened and I was like, <laughs> Yes! Oh my God, this is the best thing. And they're going, yeah. The rush of air is like a toll accident, but it sells it right. And I goes, yeah, it's the best thing. And then, yeah, everything after that was like cool, but nothing as cool as that damn transporter effect. So that's that's that story. That's my personal story of the thing going on, ah! me just kind of <laughs> being crazy over it. The second thing was, so I was working opening night. I was when I first started there. I was in what they called the blue rotation, which is basically the people who were faking. Be oh man, I have so many stories. I I got war stories, kids. But anyway, so so I was our opening night, and the first couple of groups that went through, it was amazing. You had twenty seven people at a time. Every time that every time the transporter effect happened and they found themselves on the, in the transporter room, a good portion of those twenty seven people would just burst into tears, be just like, oh my god. <laughs> It's Oh my god. Yeah, yeah And my and my favorite was this one woman as they were leading them out into the into the transit corridor which just went over to the transporter console and she's just like I, I just gotta I just gotta touch it. <laughs> and she just kinda ran her hands along as you know, she was walking out the room and I was just like, That is so great. But yeah, it was literally like the first couple of hours. Like I said, a good portion of those twenty-seven people just whoosh, lights would come up. We got them, sir! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and they're just like
1: I never. It's funny too because I appreciated it and it was very, you know, was really thought the effect was cool, but. As Steve mentioned, I was part of the testing portion. <laughs> so my first experience is just watching the room go mmm, and the ceiling go and no lights, no sound, no. I just in full view. I saw everything. So there was a part of it that was sort of like,
3: eh, you were desensitized. Oh
1: my it. God. I was traumatized, Jeff. Oh. <laughs> but it it, it, it was didn't realize funny. it went that far. Oh man! But boy, oh boy! Yeah, it did.
3: It blew
0: people's
1: minds. Yeah. Holy crap! Did it blow their minds? Uh, to
0: this day, when I get older students, when I get older students, um, and I talk about working there, and and they will come up, either come up to me after class, or they'll just say, ask in the middle of class, they'll be like, "So, how did the transporter work?" And I, and I, <laughs> and I, I, I say, "Well." The annular confinement beam kinda of holds you in place while the Heisenberg <laughs> compensators map out where your all of your atoms and, and subatomic part. is like, no, real I go, I'm telling you. Which of course <laughs> was always my stock answer when I was a Klingon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, Just but, send them to YouTube now. Well, yeah. And actually I, I this the I go, well, it's been closed for, you know, over ten years. I I, I guess no spoilers now. Do you guys really want to know how it works? It's a magic trick. And they're like it's cool David Copperfield. Yeah, and I I tell them I do tell them that. And again, my students, he's who? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the guy with the rape island. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, the one that Tom Hanks goes. to. A legend, (laughs) a legend. Anyway, so I tell I I, and I kind of you know try to demonstrate as best I can, but you know it's just nothing like. You know, yeah. actually being
1: How a, do you you damage? What do you squat down <laughs> and then jump up in the air and <laughs> no. it creates that whooshing air? I, right yeah, off. really, he See, blows I mean, in their face.
3: I, he sketches it on the blackboard. <laughs> oh, you don't have blackboards anymore. You, I have whiteboards. Thank you uh, very
0: much.
2: Oh dear, I do try the, to do, the do overhead,
3: that. The overhead viewer. Yeah, Ozzy yeah, Matt, you
1: you you know you 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 showed up in January, so you missed the the the, the months of the puke turbo, <laughs> where he had the, the really big woman in one full group. And after the turbo had uh, opened to the Grand Corridor and the ensign was like, is everyone all right? The woman's like, I don't, I don't feel so good. And the ensign made the colossally bad judgment call of, okay, you wait here, man. Everyone else off the turbo. And as the last person left and she's like, I got it, I got it. Well, man, we're going <laughs> to. And this woman hoarfed the whole buffet. across the side of the turbo, which, by the way, was felt over over metal... um, Uh um, uh, What what would you call it? Mesh. Mesh, thank you. Over metal mesh, because the whole turbo was essentially a giant speaker, surround sound speaker, (laughs) and then across the floor, which was actually um, like a... Carpet. uh, It was good carpet. uh, Yeah. And it was um, that she just covered it, (laughs) <laughs> and so the the instant standing there, uh-oh, and we had a stupid little what they call duck boxes. These were little like boxes you use to cover um, uh, electrical junctions and stuff that you need to have uh, okay. access to or something. And she opens up the box to get the radio to call base to tell them we have a problem. And the radio, into the throw yeah, up so she's right. picking up the radio by the antenna and it's dripping off and the woman's just like oh and um yeah the, the woman and it was really funny because it was like we have a problem with the turbo well we got to keep rolling we can't stop loading no 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 we we have a problem with the turbo we're definitely eleven one, which means it's down and so they come up the stairs, and they're just all like, "Oh my God!" They take care of the woman, they get her out of the way, and it was really funny because, like, three hours later, they're like, "Okay, the turbo's ready to run again." Oh Jesus! And we're like, "What? Holy crap! That
4: was quick and efficient." Yeah, no, it wasn't. Now, yeah. Three hours. Three hours later, did you have like a group on the uh, on the bridge that you had to just stall them for three hours?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, they they actually did have a stall, and they eventually had to move them out because corridor, there was no
4: use in that. Yeah. Um. But, It'd be uh, great if you did like three hours of improv. Right? Oh
1: yeah, really. Just improv <laughs> a whole a whole bridge show. Well, but, be- but uh we we ran again, and I think I was one of the first Ensign Thomases for it, in fact, and we're on the bridge, ready to go on the turbo. Follow me, folks! The turbo opens, you walk in. Oh, oh no. the turbo just Reek. reeked oh. because the woman's vomit had soaked through the carpet and into the plywood subflooring of the turbo. So it didn't matter how many times they hit the carpet to clean it in the turbo. And what they would do is they would open it up and then they would clean the turbo and they're like, okay, I'll clean. And then they would leave the turbo and close the door. Oh no! And that would allow the smell to accumulate. People, People were slipping as they stepped into the grand corridor, oh, because no. their feet it was still a little wet, and so From you're the getting these stuff. little wet, 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 and we're Ugh. getting, and it's really funny because we're like, guys, we can't run the turbo like this, and they're like, they're like, oh no, we have to. You're going to have to deal with the smell, and it's like it's not just the smell; people are slipping and sliding on the floor, and it was so. Friggin' hilarious. We also just avoided Kit somehow destroying the, the show. Um, <laughs> he stepped on some of the console He, he just walked right across the rub box.
3: <laughs> the first time he's done that, because yeah. he usually oh walks around it. Yeah, this time getting, he decided, I'm going to go right over the top he's, of the He's getting console. bold.
4: Let mm-hmm. me hit the track edit button.
1: <laughs> so that was that was a fun, t- and it was months. Oh, yeah. It was months. It wasn't until they did the annuals where you actually have to take equipment apart, and they they did. They removed the subflooring. They put in new plywood on the flooring of the turbo wow. to actually take care of that issue. But it was there for months, for
0: months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Jerry O'Connell, um, they had like a they had like a pre-opening thing with all the celebrities who are who were in town for it, and so. And again, a new ride—it breaks down all the time. So we were constantly kind of stopping and making sure everything was back up and running again, and getting people in. So again, I was in the blue rotation, and of course, we had these headsets on—these fake headsets—and there's nobody on the other end of the headset.
1: <laughs> they were wireless.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so Jerry literally Ocon- wireless. <laughs> so so it was just Jerry O'Connell and his brother, and maybe and Aussie Matt yeah and Aussie Matt yeah (laughs) and Aussie Matt was there and maybe their dates or girlfriends or wives I don't know but it was a very small party and it was mostly Jerry O'Connell and his brother so sure enough they get in there and I'm employee one or whatever so I got the lion's share of, of the lines I forget who my employee two was but um Anyway, so I get him in. I go, I go. Okay, uh, please turn, direct your attention uh, to the safety video up here. Operations, we are ready to go. And then the safety video plays, and nothing happens. And I'm like, uh, operations, you know, because you have the this, this stall thing. Operations, yeah, we just had a real bad glitch with the safety video, and right, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, for 30, I,
4: 13 minutes.
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> wow, or, really? Or like, it, it was long, and it wasn't just that. It was also like, okay, okay, please be sure to make sure your safety restraint is fastened at all times. All right, I, I'll be back in a minute. So I go outside and I go to the transporter I I go, what, what's up? What's happening? And they're like, I don't know, you know. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, so I went out to the front. I go, I go, we had a, like, yeah, 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 we had. a you know, the, the shuttles down. Okay. So I go back in. I I said, yeah, it'll just be a couple of minutes. Apparently again, be sure to fasten your safety restraints. I was like, what? Yeah, no, we're, we're all waiting right here. Right. (laughs) Everyone say hello. And so it was just, it was that kind of thing for 15 minutes and then finally the thing goes and O'Connell just looks back at me and he's like, (laughs) <laughs> and then the next night... Wait, uh, he
1: was what? Did he, he, oh, you say that again? Yeah.
0: He was like this. <laughs> <laughs>
4: could, could you describe the ruckus, sir? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. He's looking back at me and, and doing the old finger wave like, I know what's going on. And sure enough, the next night he was there on our actual opening and he was, he was right at the front of the line and he was like, you, you... There's nobody on that headset. Like, go. What do you mean? Yeah, operations. Jared Connell's here again, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, he was like, don't even, don't even. And so oh, you know, that God. probably
4: was Matt's group,
0: because uh, he Matts. Uh, yeah. The second night for sure, because that was the actual opening. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: If 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 he actually did see Borg walking around, then it was it was very close to opening because we only had Borg for a short time. Yeah, before that vanished until two thousand uh, four 2005, five, yeah. something
4: like yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah. so that means Ozzy, Matt, you most likely had Steve as
0: your <laughs> yeah as your yeah. ride operator. There yeah, you know. yeah. Although that night, it actually it it worked perfectly. Obviously, it, know, was
1: boy, oh boy, those were the days. We'd run so damn fast that if the show stopped, we we would literally be backed up. Stem to stern. You'd have a group in the sim loading room. You'd have a group in the Grand Corridor. You might have a group in the turbo. You'd have a group on the bridge. We had groups stalling in the...
3: Transit corridor. Transit
2: corridor. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. just yeah. insane. Now, in, in the
3: early <laughs> days, did they ever run both sides at the same? time? Oh, train? they always ran both. Because sides. it always seemed like one side was down, and then they'd switch to the other, and it was like we eventually,
1: kind of, uh, when we, we cut back on staff and stuff, right. we eventually did one side. Yeah. yeah, okay. But we were built. We were built for two. We right. actually had. We were actually set up to run two shuttles at the same time just 30 seconds apart
0: loading them yeah and then uh,
1: then the two shuttles would run the
0: same yeah. show yeah.
3: And, so two and theaters and four
0: shuttles yep, yep. yeah yeah, and, yeah. in and fact there there was i think the original operating specs were they could do 1200 people in an hour yeah. we never got there we hit
3: yeah i didn't think we hit
0: did. a thousand yes but the system could not
1: maintain it was really really odd there was like some kind of Neo esque <laughs> build up glitch in the Matrix, where when we would run that fast, we could almost hit an hour, but then something would go Kaflu yeah. The system just, the computer system yeah. that that organized and and directed everything when the show was running, just could not handle. it. Yeah, you're it. talking yeah.
3: 1997 networked PCs. Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> yeah. a yeah. central that were still running. Server.
0: That were still running Windows. Uh, uh, I think it was, they were still like three sixty fives. Um, when we first opened, when we first opened, I, I, first opened, I think did they were go down there one time. I don't remember what they were running. What, I
3: remember seven. I remember yeah. they were running like windows XP at one point. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, when we first
1: opened
0: but, yeah, it was when it was early, yeah. open, 365. it was insane. Um, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was an operations lead, that was one of our things, especially when we first opened is try to get as many people through as possible, especially in the morning. Um, The experience's peak hours were always kind of right when we first opened till about one o'clock or two, and then it would slowly but surely start to taper off uh, by the, you know, towards the end of the day. It
1: was so weird, because we eventually inverted that swing shift. It actually was busy enough that people, during the day shift, actually campaigned for more money because they were like, we're busier than swing shift. We're
0: wrecking our voices.
2: Yeah, we're we're,
1: we're just, we work so much harder than that. Actor
0: bullshit. Yeah, and then eventually,
1: (laughs) it was really weird, because eventually, it flipped around. Yep. And day shift became the slow shift, and swing shift, the night shift, was when it picked up. It was so weird. But boy, when we opened, 11 to 1 was,
2: hey, It paralleled
3: (laughs) in the restaurant, too. Yes. I'm sure, I always worked swing, and when I would come in, they were like, yep, I had like five tables today, I'm
0: out. Yeah, and then we would be busy all night. But they always wanted us to clock how many people we were getting through an hour, and I just turned that into warp speed. Basically, you know whatever the first number of the hundred was. Well, well, we're at warp three. We're warp three point five right now. Very nice. And if we could keep it at warp, it was like it was like actual Star Trek. If we could keep it at warp seven for an extended time, seven hundred people an hour. We ran pretty smooth. Yeah,
1: seven seven was the magic number. Yeah, we eventually. I remember when we actually permanently shut down uh, one bridge. That was the Puke Turbo Bridge. <laughs> we then would run one group at a time through and through through the sim. Except when we were busy, we would do what we call warp loading, where we would ro- run two groups back to back, very close through the same transporter room bridge setup and we would move them into the different sim loaders they were just seconds apart and then those two groups would run through the theater on the two shuttles and we would call that warp loading mm-hmm. and and that's when we were getting when we would get uh really fast but eventually yeah. we were just down to one bridge two shuttles yeah and eventually you know that one side became the borg side ah crazy days crazy yeah.
4: days between the turbo lift which was kind of its own like sub ride yeah <laughs> uh, i mean it, it barely it didn't move much i think it moved more in the earlier days they, oh
1: they toned it down yeah. and i think also there might have been it just finally started
3: wearing out <laughs> <laughs> but they toned it down dude because they they tossed you about in the early days didn't they refurbish it like a couple years before we closed because i remember it was really tame for a long time and then towards the end it got ramped back up. Maybe. Like it was, I wouldn't it was, be the least
1: bit surprised.
3: Because I, I remember going on it and going, wow, I haven't felt this since the first time I rode this yeah. you know, 10
4: years ago. <laughs> so between that turbo lift and the shuttle itself was what they called the Grand Corridor. And it was. It was this massive, massive hallway. Which, something that was a supp- shuttle bay.
1: That was supposed to exist in the original uh, Enterprise-D yeah. specs, and they actually never,
4: ever... They, they never, never built the set. Yeah, yeah they they never, never built never, the set. They never showed it, yeah. And they'd ha- there were these huge plastic crates in there. Yeah. And they were hollow in the back. So, so those actors would get bored when I say us, me. And <laughs> I would just get myself in there in those little plastic crates <laughs> and, and wait for, because there would be one actor as Starfleet leading the group down the hallway to go to the shuttle room. And so I would be in that crate, and I wanted to create a haunted house experience for everybody. So I would s- start being some—I always kind of imagined as a halfway between a pterodactyl <laughs> a- and and a gorn. Um, and so I just make the. Things like that, and then I start slamming. Those were heavy crates. I'd slam my body into the side. I, I hurt my hand <laughs> slamming my body into that, trying to get that thing to move as if some <laughs> giant beast was in there. But no, it's just this scrawny actor <laughs> trying to sound bigger than he is. But I did creep out some of the some yeah. of the actors. As far as the people in the ride, I don't know. I know.
1: yeah. Those that that was always those were actually fun moments. We had one friend who uh, was ex-military. And he'd actually done a little bit of boot camp experience, and it was actually hilarious because when he would do Grand or he would just be like, everybody, I need you to move down to that door right over there. We're getting you on this. Don't keep, move, move, everybody move. And he'd actually get people running. And there is this one old lady with a walker who's coming off of the <laughs> oh, yeah. the turbo and she's just like oh oh and he's like I need you to move and she's like young man I can't and he's like I don't care about your running you old your man, man and she's like oh, 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 oh. and she's like trying to race
2: down to the super. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, was- I always
3: thought it was funny that the, the the early staff got to go to boot camp Yeah, uh, Captain Dale Dale Dye. Because I'm sitting there going, I'm like, Starfleet has never presented as that kind of military (laughs) on TV or in the movies. That was
1: our first note. The first time uh, Paramount went through after we went through two days of military training with Dale Dye. Oh, that's too military. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, oh, man. I mean, a lot of people were happy, but some of us were like, ah, oh, gee. I have to
4: herald the experience for anyone who's gone through it, just you know how immersive it is, and it's because of living actors. And there's only three things I've ever been through that had that kind of level of experience. Star Trek, the experience. Uh, there was the mob experience at the Tropicana. <laughs> oh, yeah, back which, when it first opened. When it first opened, it was a lot of live actors, and it was uh well, mob, the experience, basically. There was... It was really neat how that laid out. Uh, but the first thing I ever wrote, and I've mentioned it on the show before, but I, I consider these three things in the same class, and that is uh, Alien War at uh, Piccadilly Circus oh, in, in I London. I always wanted to go through that. Back in the early 90s. Still jealous that you got to do that. And it, Yeah, it, was one, and it opened my eyes to what a an immersive experience could be. And then going to Star Trek and getting that same kind of immersion, and it's really a shame that there's so many cost-cutting measures to that kind of entertainment. You kind of get it a little bit in haunted houses every October. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about as close as it gets. But, but to have well-trained, committed actors to make you feel like you are someplace you are not, yeah. is a, a rare treat. And getting rarer all the time. Yeah. So if, if you find something out there that has this sort of thing, please let me know about it. Because usually it's always new things. That right. Are, that well, are doing you,
1: it. yeah, you get it fresh. You get the excitement up. You got your people coming through. Because none of those attractions, they they don't. None of them have legs in terms of massive amount of uh, of uh, of crowd presence. You you we we had dedicated fans and people coming to the experience right up to the end but boy oh boy did the traffic slow down to the point we we we, we actually hit points where one person was doing both shows That's
4: i remember so gross.
0: i remember when i when i uh, came, the first time i came back to uh came back to las vegas in 2004 actually this might no, I had a I had a little gap where because of work and everything, I, I couldn't make it back to Vegas for a couple of years. So I, I that wanna, would make sense. Yeah. So I want to say it was two thousand six, two thousand seven. That would be more appropriate. Yeah. And Mark White's walked me w- walked me through it. Uh, a, a swing shift. And when Riker goes, but when you but when you got beamed aboard, uh, Captain Picard disappeared, and I turned to Mark and go along with most of the crew, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you have
1: that one person walk you onto that empty and bridge, was. and then you have that one person go, all right, let's go, and you get on the turbo, and there's no one on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now
4: now it just feels like a ride. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, when
1: we first opened, we had so many damn people. Uh, the group would be walking through the transit corridor, and you would have people exit the bridge, walk down the transit corridor, go into the transporter room and stuff. I mean, they, they, we had people all over the place. Yeah,
0: and I remember uh, Swing Shift got nailed for it, and I was like, oh, no, that's the kind of stuff that we... That we need to codify, but I mean, Swing Shift was that they were loosey goosey, and I mean, they would do things like like throw those big plastic bins on top of each other, and there'd be like somebody <laughs> stuck under, going, Help me, yeah. keep
2: going,
1: save yourself. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, rolling the <laughs> yes. barrels across the floor, and yeah, shit.
0: and just oh my god, all kinds of mayhem. And I, I was talking to um, one of the guys because you know, they had the access things where you could actually get into the workings of the stuff and i and i was like yeah i mean that's right in the middle of the thing both sides can see it if we just had some fiber optic cable coming out out of that with even just a little bit of like a you know one of those theatrical smoke generators there uh you could just flash a whole bunch of stuff there and have people with like a you know tricorder or something and they're like and that was back when we would always get the excuse well we have to run that through licensing and it's like oh for God's sake, let's just do it and tell and have them tell us to stop it,
1: yeah. Because we're nah. talking
0: a five dollar special effect. We uh.
1: eventually did that with the Borg side. I mean, yeah. there was a we had we had a little phony arc welder thing that would create flashes and and yeah. spit sparks and stuff for the Borg side damage and stuff yeah. uh, and crazy shit like that, but. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So if you do get wind of yeah. something in your area that ha- that has it's a new experience and it's populated by live actors, go quickly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do yeah. not
4: wait. Go, go as soon as you can because <laughs> the more time you let on, the more people they will be letting go and the more bare bones that They'll experience will be. You ex- do get a
3: little bit of that type of immersion in the uh, Rise of the Resistance at uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in both Disneyland and Disney World. Um, the first, I would say, Half of the ride is populated by both animatronics and live actors, and then the the second half it's it's like all
0: animatronics. Yeah, but I heard right now there's like nobody there. <laughs> well, not at Disneyland. <laughs> 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 Disney World is open. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it it
1: and you know appreciate the work that they do too. Yeah, actually they're paying less now for that kind of work than they did yeah. us in '97. Yeah, '98. A lot of it shows i mean even for the experience eventually they got to the point where they were they were uh casting people that it just you know the 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 level of commitment was just not the same they were looking
4: ended up looking for ride operators not actors yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, i mean well and a lot of it was because of our union troubles because boy oh boy those former actors knew how to be pains in the ass and management hated it and The Ari, the guy who was helping with casting, really put out the effort to get a lot of former performers in there. Virtually, I mean, when we first started, so damn many of us had prior credits and other things. Yeah, you know. And it it wasn't until later on that, like, I'm starting to run into people. Yeah, I used to work in retail, but now I'm here, and I'm like, like,
4: Mm. how's it? Gee, what the fuck happened?
1: (laughs) You know. But yeah. It was, it, yep. So,
4: that's how it goes. So, so jump on it quick, people. Jump on yep. it quick.
1: Get in there quick. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep.
4: Yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, let's make uh, Steve sad. Let's do some news you don't give a shit about.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Wow. That was different. <laughs> I hope to God Andy never tries to duplicate
4: that. <laughs> Following the launch of HBO Max, Warner Media has decided to let go of a slew of executives at DC Comics and sister streaming service DC Universe as part of a major restructuring. Oh yeah, I did see that. DC Comics CEO Jim Lee will remain in his position and his duties will expand to include supervising the creative side of all future DC-related initiatives. Among the biggest names being let go are DC's editor-in-chief Bob Harris executive editor Mark Doyle, senior story editor Brian Cunningham. The loss of Doyle is particularly tough blow for fans of DC's Black Label, the imprint he helped spearhead in 2018, which public graphic novel, published graphic novels aimed at a more mature audience. The corporate realignment crushed DC Universe, which saw the majority of its staff lose their jobs. The video-on-demand service was meant to be the vanguard leading Warner Brothers into the streaming wars, now it's one exclusive original show doom patrol is on hbo max stirring speculation that DC universe may eventually be absorbed by the new streaming service among the hundreds of layoffs at warner media were also numerous executives at warner brothers as well it's looking more and more likely that warner media doesn't think the money to be made in comics is worth the effort Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris, Senior VP Hank Canals, uh, Bobby Chase, Editors Mark Doyle and Brian Cunningham, and Andy Corey are industry veterans and some of the fiercest defenders of the traditional comics business within DC's Burbank offices. Letting them go sends the message that the old DC is gone. Jim Lee confirmed there will be fewer titles under this new order. How many books will be cut and how quickly is unclear, but we know a reduction is coming. Uh, last I heard, about according to Jim Lee, is about 25% of their titles. Yeah, but
1: uh, I, 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 what about all those unanswered questions from DC Metal?
3: <laughs> Metal is still going forward. That's funny because wow. uh steve and i were talking about that like right before the show last week is is that uh you know with with all the titles that were exclusive to um uh, the dc streaming service moving to hbo max whether that was going to be around for much longer in fact uh titans is the only original series that is now only on the dc streaming service but uh, that probably could be moving to... That's going to the... Is HBO, it going to yeah, HBO going to Max HBO
4: now, Max. too? Yeah. I didn't see that. So really, all it has is digital comics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and they'll,
4: they'll do a separate thing for that.
0: Well, well, they're thinking that that's just what it's going to morph into. Because Jim Lee, and because I have some friends besides Ralph, who also run comic shops, and they're all talking about, yeah, the, this whole thing of, of DC going leaning heavily on digital, like, you know, digital first, then print. Uh, actually, came from Jim Lee, and same thing with their new distribution model. Actually, came from Jim Lee, and not doing the in-house distribution. Yeah, and not from AT and T because uh, they've been wanting to do that for a while. Because um, it's just it's more money if you do it in-house. You keep you keep more of the money. Um, yeah, especially if you direct distribute
3: digitally, that's a huge profit margin yeah. versus the actual printing and and yeah. shipping.
0: And I was okay with that as long as what they, what they put out there digitally eventually made it to paper. But all the articles I've been reading, they're saying that's not necessarily a, a given. If it sells well digitally, then they will put out a print copy. But if it doesn't, it's digital only. Love it or leave it. But digital is such a small
4: percentage of their comic sales. I mean, just comic sales in general. Well, right.
3: Well, I think both publishers want it to be a larger percentage sure, of our sales.
4: But, but is that but the public isn't necessarily no, buying it that no. way? Right. No. And,
3: and that's because you have a lot of older, hardcore comic fans like us that want to have that physical copy in their hands, whereas some of the younger generation don't
0: care what format it's on as long as they get to read it. But the thing is, yeah, but the, the problem with that is without... Without an in-store experience, how are they going to discover it? It's, and you know, and that's and that read it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's the thing. I uh, the gloom and doom part of me thinks we're seeing the twilight of the comic book era.
4: That's what it feels like to me. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, we're already in the twilight
3: era of like magazines. You know the you know the typical printed and shipped to your house magazines because those have a lot of them gone to digital only or they've gone to uh, digital monthly and then like a biannual like printed Mm -hmm. copy that they send you that's like a big you
0: know yeah I I do know that DC's having a lot of uh, success with their you know young adult graphic novels um, which are pretty much standalone type of things and I have a hunch so far as printed comics goes that that's where they're going to end up like we may only we may get a quarterly half inch thick like the omnibus. old annuals yeah type, they don't come yeah. out monthly they
4: come out four times a year yeah yeah, yeah.
0: each but each but, but a collected can, worth a a
4: four, store, mu- four months worth
1: yeah sort of like the comic books of the 1930s <laughs> which wow, were the yeah. collected comics from right. the newspapers yeah that they then put out in book form. Right. The right. circle is now complete. Yeah,
0: but I know that uh, they're trying to have make more inroads into places like Walmart and and all that type of stuff. And the the Walmart editions have been making their way into um, comic shops, uh, and I've gotten a few of those. But you know, I I don't necessarily want the reprint material. I just want the new material that's in those. And so that's kind of a bummer. But um, but I, I will say this: those hundred page. Hundred Page Spectacular. They they resurrected that name from the seventies. Um, you, the whole thing is four ninety nine. So you know, it, which is only a dollar more than their than their monthly. Um, they boost. look like nice editions as far as what what they cost. Yeah, yeah. Because you're getting a lot of material, but most of it's reprint right. stuff. And again, that's just a. You know, try to hey, you like this? Read this, you know. But now that you know, that looks like it's not going to be there anymore. And somebody was like, well, so what do you say? I go, I go. Okay, they're probably going to keep Superman, action, Batman, detective, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, maybe Aquaman. So nine titles. <laughs> yeah, they're they're they're, inter- they're
4: interested in the the characters that they can license and make extra money on, and that's really it. Yeah, they're 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 not looking at expanding these. They don't care about story. They they care about will that character make me money?
0: Unfortunately, that that appears to be the case. And it, I I thought it was weird last year uh, at Comic Con that all of the almost all the DC panels had no Q and A sessions after them. Um, that they were basically just and and everyone, even Dan DiDio, who's usually like you know, big energy ball was just kind of, Oh yeah, we got this title coming out and this one here and here's the new stuff we got. And it was like, man, this thing is lackluster, luster. And, now, next weekend, they have the DC FanDome thing, which is kind of like you know an online <laughs> version. And I'm like, what are they going to? And so they actually yeah. printed up the schedule. And yeah, it's mostly pimping. It's all TV, TV shows and, the movies and movies and a, and a video game or two. Yeah. it seems to be where they're making the money, though, right now. Yeah. And that's why people keep talking about, well, maybe, maybe AT&T will sell off DC Comics. And they're like, they're not going to sell off Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. The, those characters make them too much money yeah. to let it yeah. all
4: go.
2: Yeah,
3: and they're not going to go through the same kind of thing that Marvel did, where they sold off the movie rights and then have right. been trying to recapture yeah. them for decades.
0: Yeah, it's all going to be it's going to be Warner Brothers making movies and TV shows, and and DC Comics, if it exists at all, will be there just to you know keep the IP copyrighted and all that kind of stuff
1: man Ugh. i want my amalgam comics right it's just so gross and cynical
0: <laughs> it, 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 it is and and the problem is it's you know there there is no pie in the sky end for this there is no you know marvel buying dc comics on the horizon or or you know or them selling they're not going to sell off the, that ip warner no. brothers is not going to get rid of that ip so there's no you know you know. Ted Turner-esque millionaire going, well, I'll buy DC Comics and then we'll keep publishing comics. And- Not when every Batman movie, regardless of how good or bad <laughs> yeah, it right. is,
3: makes a huge amount of money at the box office. Right. So that's Just- the
1: key, folks. To get my amalgam comics, I need you to stop going seeing DC movies.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hashtag fuck the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, boy. So, yeah, I'm sad. Just
1: a, yeah, that was that was actually a funny thing on uh, Harley Quinn, <laughs> just a, a, one appearance of some guy in a release the Snyder cut T-shirt. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: let's do weekend geek. Oh wow! Yay! No purgatorio? No, no purgatorio this week. Purgatorio Sorry, is sneak. kind of a special thing. Um. That, that, that's a rarity. I gave you a perfect mm.
3: Purgatorio. Story I put
4: that time. in Week and Geek, but right. that's oh. not even going to be today because we won't get oh, okay. that story. Right. What? <laughs> Why not? Because we're an hour and a half into the show. Steve,
3: <laughs> uh, you and your talking. I know. Uh, yeah, we did Star Trek: The
4: Experience <laughs> stories.
2: <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah, and it wasn't twenty minutes of nightmare horror at thirty thousand, feet. feet.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs>
4: Netflix, I had to do this story because otherwise it's not a story as of next week. Netflix is releasing a documentary series focused on video games later this month, now we'll call later this week, called High Score. The six-episode show will explore the birth of several different games, including Pac-Man, Doom, Space Invaders... Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter 2, and Final Fantasy, Sonic the Hedgehog, and more. The series will focus on not just the ideas and individuals behind these games, but also the people responsible for coding them and creating the visual designs that would go on to become the base upon which the industry was built, with some games created by accident. It'll also feature some more infamous releases over the years, like E.T.'s Atari game. Uh, High Score will debut on Netflix August 19th. A couple days away, gentlemen. Yay. I love it. I love it. It's, I am always about not only video game history documentaries, but the more obscure the video game, the more I'm interested at this point. <laughs> like, like, okay, fine. I, I, I know the story of Donkey Kong. I know the story of Pac-Man. <laughs> right. Sh- show me the history of Zaxxon. Or Pitfall. Right? Yeah, <laughs> really. Even Pitfall's almost over-covered when Is it comes it really? down to it. Yes. Okay.
0: What about Dig Dug?
4: I'll take Dig Dug. Centipede. Right. Centipede at, at Midar. I'll take it Midar. Right. How about
0: that? Which yeah. is the mouse one... Mousetrap.
4: Give me mouse traps. Just history. no human centipede. You
0: There's... know this because you Ugh. have already made fun of this before, but it keeps getting stuck in mind. My... What was the video game where the robots laughed at you by going, dot, 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 dot? That's Gorf. Gorf. Okay. I want the history of Gorf. That was my favorite
1: <laughs> game for like two years. There you go. Now, is this going to be sort of like a... Video games that made us style. I don't know the style,
2: uh, mm. but... Because
4: uh, I really love their approach. Yes, I do too. And so I am ho- hope, even if it's not as entertaining as that, and let's face it, that's super entertaining. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, it? Incredibly well done. I'm still on board, even if it's dry. But yeah, come on. Kick it up, people. You know how to do this. <laughs> you, you've watched the pros. Now follow them. Uh, We did lose somebody this week. We lost Russell uh, Russell Kirch, the computer scientist who invented the pixel, died at the Uh, age of 91. Born in 1929, Kirch studied in NYU, Harvard, and MIT before joining the National Bureau of Standards. What, is that the hoity-toity for you there? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) look at where I'm from. And now known as the National Institute of Standards and Technology, as part of the team that ran the Standards Eastern Automatic Computer, or SEAC, the first operational stored program computer. In 1957, Kirsch's team developed a digital image scanner to, quote, trace variations of intensity over the surfaces of photographs. Once the first photograph scanned was a picture of Kirsch's three month old son. Hmm. The image captured was 30,976 pixels. <laughs> Although the depth was only one bit per pixel, <laughs> the combination of different scans afforded grayscale information. In 2003, that image of Kirsch's son, which is now in the Portland Art Museum, was named by Life Magazine as one of the 100 photographs that changed the world, given its significance in the development of digital photography. Kirsch's invention was also instrumental in designing technology for space exploration, allowing astronauts to take live photos of the moon, send them to Earth during the Apollo moon landing. It also contributed to the development of Sir Godfrey Hausfeld's CAT scan, which was introduced in the 1970s. His work laid the foundation for satellite imagery, CT scans, virtual reality, and Facebook Said an article in Science News in 2010.
2: Wow,
3: that was uh, that was actually really groundbreaking because there were a lot of scientists, computer science saying, uh, computer scientists at that time saying, "There's no way you can get all of the information that's in a photograph into a digital database." And when he proved that he could do it, I mean, it. Have you seen this? The picture that they're referencing because it's really like, it's really basic, especially compared to today. I mean, it's it's literally just white and black dots. But if you stand far enough back from it, you can actually kind of see it's a,
2: but, uh, <laughs> it's a boat. It's a boat. It's a
3: sailboat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. A
1: sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> oh! You know, and, and props to him for yeah. calling them Pixels instead of Kirchels. Because you know what? Right. He could yeah. have fucking named them after him with yep. all of that. What a legacy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my God! You just listed off Todd just about every visually significant achievement from the mid twentieth century to now. Mm-hmm. You know that well, he's yeah. he's had he's the foundation
3: of in yeah. some way. A lot of those science branch out from his studies mm-hmm. and yeah. and just what he
1: enabled to have, to do. Just you know, taking. Just, just, just the astronomy part of it. I mean, geez, yeah. Louise. Yeah,
3: computer technology and digital data encoding. Yeah. I mean, so many, incredible. so many of those pictures. Like when they say, "Oh, wow,
1: we took a picture of a black hole," you know. And a lot of that are are images that are reconstituted from visual information that would come from what he what yeah. he
3: developed. It's just amazing. I, in, back in 1992, when I was in high school, my graphic arts class. Got an early, early version of a digital camera, and Damn. we took we took some pictures and and ran it into the computer, and it's interesting. How many penises like, were there? <laughs> none. because oh, okay. uh, oh, it could only oh. shoot black and white, and it would take yeah, and it would take a while. Yeah. On like once you would push the shutter button, it would still take a while for that image data to get translated into the computer. But yeah, it's it's. I remember looking back at those pictures. You know, because I still have some of my old graphic art stuff from high school. Power through, Jeff! And come on, looking black, at black, black, that versus my favorite. what <laughs> we can do today is incredible. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how far we've come yes. in just that. It's it's amazing you know, twenty-eight <laughs> years.
1: What what? I was just gonna know how. No, I'm not gonna say how it. far we've come. <laughs> not gonna not gonna say it. <laughs> oh. It's, it's hard. <laughs> did it you though? say it's all right, or did you say it's art? It's hard. It's hard. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, and <laughs> you get those digitally manipulated... Um, Pictures.
4: start talking about black and white penises what else am I gonna be? and how far they go far they uh, come. Come.
3: Yes. no one was talking about black and white penises but you and Gersten
0: yeah Did Jeff
4: you inspired it and you know it yes you <laughs> are I,
0: an inspiration Jeff. Right. I was thinking about black and white penises <laughs>
4: <laughs> the pixel brought us all together <laughs>
3: And gave us porn. (laughs) It's true. Close your eyes. The pixels are coming. Internet is
4: for porn. Internet is for porn.
1: So grab your dick and double click. The internet's for porn. Great show.
4: (laughs) New York Comic Con's 2020 edition is going digital as a result of the pandemic. The annual event organizer, Reed Pop, announced that it would be partnering with YouTube to host live stream panels from leading entertainment brands between October 8th and 11th. Unlike the pre-recorded programming of Comic Con at home, fans will be able to participate in virtual Q and A's with celebrities and creators. Oh boy! Turning quote every panel into a watch party and geek out with other fans using YouTube's community and live chat features, which always works well. <laughs> Promises the release uh, stars American Gods, uh, CBS's All Access, Star Trek Universe, DreamWorks Animation, Hulu, and FX are among the recognizable shows, networks, studios, and platforms taking place. Uh, taking part, more participants, and a full schedule of events are set to be announced in the coming weeks. Reed Pop has already confirmed another digital convention, Metaverse, which is scheduled to kick off this Thursday. Oh, last Thursday, uh, uh, August thirteenth, and it ran till the sixteenth. So that one's done. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Ah, there were lots of black and white penises. <laughs> Disney is officially developing a Neutron movie starring Jared Leto. Neutron like yeah. jimmy neutron no. jared
1: leto is new jimmy neutron it's, Yeah, yeah he's
3: just burning doing a neutron dance
1: yes very oh, pointy wow. sisters
3: of you kirsten very nice <laughs>
1: well i'd like to make a good pointer now and again as you we said oh, just yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, ago yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: apparently. I've got
4: to find my place. Leto's (laughs) apparently been on board since 2017. Uh, Garth Davis will direct. The filmmaker is known for smaller, more independent projects like 2016's Lion and 2018's Mary Magdalene. While this will be his first big budget undertaking, Deadline cites insiders, quote unquote, who noted that Davis Davis aggressively pursued the job, and his take won over Disney execs in the end. Unquote. The studio, it should be noted, has yet to issue issue a formal green light for the film. Uh, Nowhere in the report is it mentioned that the latest Tron effort will be a sequel to 2010's legacy. Uh, Jesse Jesse Wiguto, who wrote It Runs in the Family, wrote the screenplay, uh, while Leto is attached as producer. So, if you wanted more Tron, you're getting Tron. Getting some more Tron. I'm I'm down for more Tron.
3: But which Leto are we going to get this time? Because he's always... He's always hit or miss with me. He's either really amazing at the role he's taking on, and I I, maybe it's just his fact that he's a method actor, and just yeah, I know
0: he's not a method actor. He's an well, he thinks he is. (laughs) I know he does. I want to see his inside the actor studio uh, membership card or his transcripts. I
3: I mean, you know, say what you will, because you teach acting and so yeah yeah. i've never i've never thought that the method acting premise was a sound one because because there's no such thing
0: yeah that's because what what the lay person thinks of as method acting is what these fucking hollywood bullshit actors say is method acting and that's not it uh actual method acting is all about preparation to walk on stage as a character it has nothing to do with sending your own castmates your own crap in the mail because that's what the crazy joker would do <laughs> i'm jared leto i'm method i'm sending my own shit through the mail because <laughs> that's what the joker would do that is not method acting
2: i
3: mean somebody yeah. did read Stanislavski. <laughs> I mean, just this whole notion of like you live as that character for that's the whole not production method acting. on stage and off stage. That's it's not just nope. it's method ridiculous. Acting. It is not. I mean, I love Jim Carrey, but he did that with Man in the Moon.
0: And I like, know, and that's and not method acting. That's if you've seen Hollywood
3: bullshit. Get your name in the papers, acting. Yeah, I was gonna say if you've seen the documentary on that, a lot of his co-stars were not happy with no him. because it's <laughs>
1: bullshit. He actually. Even said... He lost himself in it. kind of affected him. And that's one of the reasons why you actually shouldn't do that. Yeah. that It was at the medical university uh, I've worked at. One of the things we were actually asked to lecture the students on was quote-unquote getting into character and getting out of character. And one of the things the professors really wanted us to give the kids hints at was how do you get out of your doctor persona? Cold how water. do you... Exactly. Cold water. <laughs> and um, uh, we talked about getting out of character and putting it away at the end of the day and stuff like that. Yeah. So those games that people play, you know, I mean, it's their method. The, the chief reason people like Steve get really upset and people like me just kind of snicker at when you do something like that with your co-stars or even the people on the set around you, now it's no longer about you. Now you're not just prepping yourself. Right. And that becomes that becomes an issue of selfishness, which only a big shot can indulge. Right. right? Slap them
4: with a book by Uta Hagen and make them read it. There you go. Because it know? just
3: seems to me, you know, uh, you know, I'm not an actor. I never claimed to be. It just seems like you're really, really, really good actors... Can switch it on and switch it off when they're on set well, and offset. Yeah. And, and but, not have to be an asshole.
1: Well, there's also not be an asshole, right? Because yeah. you have like Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. who liked to never switch it off. Um, but then again, he wasn't ins- insisting on. And, and I forget, I think, Steve, you might have told the story, but there was somebody, or I saw someone. It might have been in a Joe Rogan. Somebody was talking about most actors who like to do that. They were like, guys, you got to realize that it's not like they sit there and say, I demand that you treat me like the king of England. Rather, they just want you to refer to them as Edward, and they will respond in their Edward voice so it keeps him in there. And one guy was actually talking about how he's talking about the guy's family, the home life, the kids, going to school, and the guy is in the voice and character mannerisms of that character, but he's talking about his own home life. So it's sort of, it becomes this bizarre little mishmash, and it is a sort of game, but at the same time, it is not necessarily as impactful Right. On co-stars as what like Leto did,
3: which you know what if you're or some, has done on almost every set. If
1: you're <laughs> fresh off the street and doing that, you get a reputation real quick, yeah. And you're done. <laughs> yeah. You are done. Yeah. So it,
0: I'll never, I'll never forget the story, and it's probably apocryphal, but George Burns used to always tell this story about you when know, he did his like his first movie in a while when he did Oh God and he was like he was like ah, these kids stay you know they uh, this one kid came in and all he had to do was drop off a folder on a desk and the, and he came in and the director says yeah you just knock on the door and you you bring the file in and go, okay okay um why am i bringing the file in uh you're uh, well because your this file is important to the you know the the, the story and okay um so so uh, what did I uh, what did I have for for breakfast today? And he started doing all that. So he, he goes, "Well, I, it doesn't really matter. You're coming in here to drop the thing on." So you knock on the door. Uh huh. Why am I knocking on the door? It's uh, you know what. You don't have to knock on the door. And he goes, "Oh, I don't." He goes, "No, no, no. You don't have to worry about that anymore." He goes, "Oh, well, who's gonna knock on the door?" He goes, "The guy that's replacing you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Well, George Burns never had to do Method because every role George Burns ever played
0: was George Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that does but, but again, it's like, you know, I mean, th- that that type of acting is in a lot of ways just as hard. It's very hard to be here. It's one of the things I talk about First day of acting class is it's a weird phenomenon that people can be human beings and walk around and breathe and talk and do everything they need to do over the course of the day, but as soon as you put a script in their hand, they all of a sudden don't know where their hands go. They don't know what inflection is all about. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my god, you yeah, in you, your mic, you were you, you were <laughs> a human being. They human don't human know they're talking a being. mic. Here's a script. I don't know how to speak words anymore. Yeah, and it's a- <laughs> That's one of
1: the things that irritates me when people say acting's really easy. It's, it's not bullshit.
0: And, yeah, and to be yourself is actually a pretty damn good skill to develop.
1: Yeah, and to, to to totally relax and be yourself is 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 pretty rare. There are actors actors who can't fucking do that. They can be another character, but just being themselves, they can't even fucking handle it
0: yeah uh alan arkin was talking about that when he did the in-laws and you know he usually tried to hide behind a character and he, and he said oh my god this this that was the first movie where he just kind of played a version of himself and it scared the hell out of him and he goes thank god for peter falk <laughs> <laughs> i always loved the, the story that charlie sheen
1: told uh when he did that movie with uh clint eastwood mm. I, f- I forget the fucking movie but he actually he actually said he said to him, okay, Clint. So, so what well, we're about to film? What what is this scene about? What are we doing here? And Eastwood turned to him and said, "It's about hitting your marks and saying your lines."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's, that
3: sounds like a Clint Eastwood. Yeah,
2: it's just awesome.
4: The lax I, 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 <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, I haven't learned how to be myself yet. <laughs> The last last blockbuster video store in Bend, Oregon, saw a boost in tourism from Captain Marvel's throwback cameo. Now they are embracing local tourism a little more. An Airbnb listing posted by the store manager, Sandy Harding, advertises three nights where locals can nab an (laughs) overnight stay. On September 18th, 19th, and 20th, lucky local groups, up to four people in size, all of whom must be from the same household, can get the key to the store for a single night at the cost of $4 a night. <laughs> the last of Blockbuster will give back to the community by making a donation to the Humane Society of Central Oregon. Uh, hopefully not just that $4, though. That's, uh, yeah, I was that's, gonna say, that's not much of a donation. I've never seen an Airbnb that cheap before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I thought that was a cute idea. So, I didn't realize they were charging that little, though. So apparently wow. they have like
4: a, a sofa bed. Basically, uh, is what they had.
3: Well, the picture I saw, they made a corner of yes. the place like a full-on bedroom with like a a bed and a sofa and a TV and everything. So,
1: wow! And to think, Steve and I were thinking of renting out a movie theater for a hundred bucks. Yeah, because uh, we've got a few in town that are doing that.
0: Yeah,
3: like currently doing that. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah.
1: And you know the socially distance thing and everything. Right. And I was surprised at at the the price. You, yeah. s- you said yeah, hundred bucks. 150 hundred, a hundred fifty, ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, and you get you get the you get that little theater. You get one showing of the the movie that you're.
3: Now that, I didn't realize it was that, like the, the least expensive I had seen it prior to what you just said was about two hundred, which was still not bad because you could book you know a number of people. In it, there, might split specific, the cost. it might be a specific. It, yeah, it might be uh, it's that's, that's a specific chain. That's Cinemark. Cinemark. Yeah, that's uh, actually pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. can you imagine? And, and, and you know, they're showing like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Nice.
0: Uh, yeah, Cinemark opened this last weekend here in town in Vegas. Uh and With the yeah. Orleans or uh, That was one. Uh, South, okay. Point. Fi- fi, yeah, oh, five, South Point. Yeah five, yeah, five out of the six that they have in town. Samstown, yeah. um Orleans,
3: Orleans oh, or Samstown. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Sam the, the Samstown for years. Was <laughs> the Samstown one has really fallen by the wayside. They were going to refurbish it like they did with the Orleans, with the recliners and everything, but that was like two years ago that they said mm-hmm. they were going to do that within the next year, and they still haven't done it.
1: They've undergone a couple. I remember going in there when they would put in the fucking
3: escalators and
1: shit, and you're just changing levels and stuff, and it was yep. just... And that's when they had bags of popcorn that would soak through the bag and make you leave a big stain on your sweats and you go walking out and people are staring at you.
3: <laughs> oh, come on, it's Sam's Town, nobody <laughs> stares at you. No,
1: no, <laughs> trust me, I was walking out and I was like, that was a pretty good movie, I said to the ticket taker, who looked at me and double-taked and went, uh, yeah! <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: and
1: then i just went out to my car and i sat down and i looked down and there was a big old strategically spaced oily spot and Slightly i was like yellow
3: oilish spot. oh boy Yikeroni. and
1: that was that was when i suddenly decided i did not like bags of popcorn yeah. anymore
0: yeah um also and you know again i uh, the for the classic movies, uh five dollars for an adult, but then even all the concessions are like Cheaper oh yeah, than they yeah,
1: to, yeah! Dirt cheap concessions. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking, Jeff, about your your twenty five dollar gift certificate bag of four foot tall
2: popcorn. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I guess AMC, I never, never finished it all.
4: I guess when AMC opens up, they're going to be uh, celebrating an anniversary of theirs when they do. Tickets going to be nineteen cents that day.
2: Yeah,
1: something and, like that. Uh, yeah. uh, See, yeah. that's what you got to do. Uh, the Galaxy sent out a survey. What do you recommend? And I actually, I, I was, I was dumb. I was like, oh, community information showings, you know, talking about vaccine development and <laughs> and no, you know, the old, the Cust- old news re-
3: re- newsreels, <laughs> well, kind of, sort of, just like
1: informational, you know, showings of stuff and uh,
3: pandemic woes. Uh, I guess. <laughs>
1: Dateline, I, I Dateline. guess I'm just dumb. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm not gonna make it into the
4: '80s, Jeff. Uh, PR firm. No. Uh, <laughs> keep trying that's what i need to build in minecraft 80s jeff pr firm there you go open up an office in hobbiton it'll be great it'll be an advertising company coming to a minecraft near you hobbiton heck open up an office in barry's base
3: (laughs) headline torgo's evil and barry needs a haircut
4: what's your yellow spot write to us comments at uglycowshow.com what we're done And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Professor Biggs. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Well, three of us will be
3: talking to you next week in Geek. Yeah. Yeah. You three, because I'm out. (laughs) Aw,
4: Torgo. I have DC Comics to mourn. Yeah. Oh,
0: Jiminy Christmas. (laughs)
1: you know watching Steve cry through his mask when we went to the comic book store the other day
0: was just that was hard it was it's very hard i well because of the i mean my own hometown comic shop on mondays or sundays sometimes they will post here's what's going on our you know big comic wall on wednesday and because of the split distribution thing they have all the dc stuff in its own kind of corner and that corner's been getting smaller yeah. and smaller, and, and I'm just like... There's
1: "Nothing, nothing to... Let's develop our own distribution model so as we put out fewer titles, it'll be much more painfully obvious. <laughs>
0: Genius! Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you, th- do
4: you think this will cause more backlash from the comic shop owners?
0: Yeah, because of... You know, differences in prices because of differences in buyback uh, policy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one guy basically said, yeah, my DC thing is basically just going to be all the Batman titles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go, can't oh! them and I was like, well, Superman actually goes, if they can get the sales figures back up. He goes, but if I can't return, if I can't, you know, if I have to order a certain amount of each title and they don't sell, I'm not going to order that title. Yeah. so uh, and I was like mm. he goes I will order it He, I will order only enough to fulfill the pull orders and anything that's you know like one or two issues over that you know that that is the is the increment that you have to buy them in yeah but he said I'm not buying anything more than that from DC so back issues probably for DC won't exist and I was just like yeah and he goes, well, take out the gun, point it at your foot. But apparently, DC doesn't care anymore. Yeah. and that,
4: The th- comics are profitable, but they're not profitable enough to impress the bigwigs. Well, that's there, it. There you go, Steve.
2: That, well, that's DC
4: a- Comics doesn't care comics.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs>